0: Hello and welcome to Sexuality Studies Spotlight, a podcast where we highlight what you can do with your Sexuality Studies degree. My name is Helen Martin, and I'm recording from Toronto, an area that has been cared for by the Anishinaabek Nation, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Huron-Wandat. It is now home to many First Nation, Inuit, and Métis communities, and we want to acknowledge the current treaty holders, the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. This territory is also part of the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Bell Covenant, an agreement to peacefully share and care for the Great Lakes region. Our guest today is Marina Mathieu. Filmmaker and activist, Marina Mathieu holds a bachelor's degree in communication from the University de Québec à Montréal and a certificate in sexual health from Laval University. She is currently pursuing a master's degree in gender, feminist, and women's studies at York University. She has experience working in communications and project management in Ecuador, Brazil, Haiti, France, and Canada. She is fluent in five languages and has a deep sensitivity for issues related to sexuality, discrimination, human rights, diversity, and the status of women internationally. Her first movie, F, released in 2019, addresses the problem of uterine fibroids in the lives of women of African descent. L'Envol, or FLY, her second short documentary, shares the reality of two climate refugees 10 years after the disaster that changed their lives. Welcome, Marina.
1: Welcome, Ellen. Thank you.
0: How would you like to introduce
1: yourself? Um. So... As a start, I would like to say I am a Black cisgender woman, and my pronouns are Elle in French, and she, her in English. I was born and raised in Haiti, as you mentioned, and I emigrated to Turtle Island, we regularly called Canada, after the devastating earthquake of 2010. So in my last movie, I spoke about my uh, journey uh, coming to Canada, and obviously dealing with all of you know, all of that, what it means to come here as an immigrant. I currently live on the unceded lands of the Kanyagaha Mohawk peoples, specifically Njojage, more commonly referred to as Montreal. As I come from the first Black republic in the world, I often think about my ancestors and what they went through it's a constant reminder for me of the pervasive ways colonial states still use their power to occupy lands, bodies, communities, and institutions in the current times. By existing and acknowledging where I am situated, I pay my respects to the history of the lands I occupy, and most importantly to its peoples, because I believe First Nation, Indigenous, Inuit, Métis people, and Moab people um, need to have more than recognition, but our soul, like forever respect and uh, gratitude for having us here because they could actually ask for us to leave. And I would, to be honest, as an immigrant, I would (laughs) if ever this ask was to come forward one day. So yeah, I'm really happy to be here and I'm honored to be one of the guests of
0: this podcast. Thank you, Marina. I really appreciate that. So what is your relationship to the York Sexuality and Gender Program? So I decided to come uh, do my
1: master's in gender feminist and women's studies at York specifically, because I think that in Montreal and in Quebec in general, there's this lack of representation of Black scholars. Um, And I really wanted to be surrounded Or at least have some of my teachers who were Black um, and who are Black, actually, and who can actually bring that into my research because um, that's what I want to study, right? So um, I want to be surrounded by people who can support me in diving into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you mind telling me a little bit about the work or research that you're doing now?
1: Yes. So... I'm super excited whenever somebody asks me the question because um, <laughs> I <laughs> I am all the way and I'm I'm taking classes in at York and Toronto, but I really want to study the representation of Black women within Quebec television, and dive a little bit more into the sexual representation of Black women within Quebec television. To be honest, it's daunting. It's a heavy project because we are not many I bet. Who, <laughs> who get to be on TV in Quebec. So um, even thinking about diving into our sexuality is just so huge in my perspective. So that's what I'm I'm aiming to do with my research, really highlighting historically and in, in the current times, what is that representation? How is it portrayed? How authentic is it? Um, does it perpetuate any type of Um, discrimination, and how are we going about as an industry, because I'm also a filmmaker, how are we going about as an industry, making it better for black people or worsening their situation, right? So this is my goal through my research. And I think that I chose York because yes, there were a diversity in the scholars, but also because I think I can tackle not only race issues, women and gender issues and sexuality issues all at once within that specific program.
0: Right, right. Great answer. So how long have you been doing this? Or what really got you inspired to start doing this in the first place?
1: Okay, this is a tricky question, because sometimes people, um, <laughs> sometimes people ask this question, and they don't expect me to be very blunt about it. Um, but I am. So I decided to go at UCAM University. (laughs) I decided to go at UCAM University in the first place because I wanted to become the next Oprah of Quebec. That was my goal, like my dream. And I realized very quickly that I was the only or one of less than five Black people within the whole program um, and production. And then when I realized that, I felt like, okay, well, I'm gonna revolutionize. I'm gonna be a trailblazer, and blah blah blah. But really, it 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 hasn't <laughs> it hasn't become what I was hoping for it to become. I think that Quebec until today is not necessarily ready to give a pretty black skin. A dark skin, um women, any type of visibility, owning their own show. So, so far in my study, what I've realized is that NTV women who own their own shows, like literally have a certain agency within the show are all light skinned women. And they're very few, like, let's say on 400 shows, you have five to seven women. So seven Black women specifically. So I think that I've been doing this work since I started school. So let's say 2012, 2011, 2011 or 2012, that's when I started doing this work, rethinking the way Quebec television was built and actually trying to add my own singularity or uniqueness to it, if I may say.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting, but also very daunting project. Mm. So what has been your favorite part so far of all the work and all the research you've done?
1: I think that my favorite part about this is really realizing that there are people who are moving the needle within the organizations, within the ecosystem of culture, entertainment, and the industry in general, and in parallel, activists on the ground, like really not asking, requesting, making their requests very clear about what they would want for better TV. And I'm thinking here about uh, uh, an organization called the Black Screen Office that started doing really important work on what do people of color, um, BIPOC people in general, um, LGBTQ2 plus people um, and uh, disabled people feel, what do they feel about this situation in terms of not being seen ever on TV? Like, what do they feel about that? What do you, and this for me is fundamental because it's not a question that we've been asking in the past years, it really started in the last, uh, I would even say three to five years maximum. And with what happened last year with the the assassination of George Floyd, it's like an awakening of how important it is to see other type of content related to Black people that is not reminding them of the pain and all of that, all of that, you know struggle you know constantly so I think my favorite part is realizing there is something moving and I might be part of that change so I'm like super excited and I feel I'll be well surrounded once I finish my master's and start you know talking to people and I want to make a movie out of my master's too so this feature-length documentary is building itself in my in my head right now
0: yeah That's fantastic. That's really inspiring and gives us a lot of hope that that work is being done and change is happening. So what do you most want to contribute to knowledge about sexuality?
1: So I think that there's this idea that um, Black women can only be certain types of um, people when we talk about their sexualities. And for me, Something that I've never seen on Quebec television is, for example, a lesbian black woman that is not butch, or um, let's say a trans black person. Like for me, it's it's it, it's Im- unimaginable at the present moment that Quebec producers, Quebec creators, um, directors, name it actually even think about Black women like that, like they they don't have it in their imaginary ways. So for me, I want to be able to highlight that through my master's and bring forward possibilities because we are seeing it in the Anglophone side of the world, but in the Francophone side of Quebec, it's really hard. And I think the images that we've had historically for Black women, Um, and I'm talking here about research done in the United States, is three very stereotypical ways of representing Black women. So you have the mammy, so this um, type of Aunt Jemima woman that is completely asexual in any representation that you'll find of her. She will never, ever, ever be related to any sexuality like at all. So the mommy is the one taking care of specifically um, white children in the past, but she takes care. Okay. And then you have that Sapphire that is very close to um, the strong black woman that is sassy, always mad, always, you know, <laughs> you don't wanna have any type of relationship with that woman because you know she's trouble. Like she's always gonna complain about something, she's always gonna be. And she can endure any type of really um, violent type of behavior because she can take it. She will respond, she will fight, she will. So again, nothing related to her sexuality and if there is anything related to her sexuality, it's gonna be negative because she's gonna be very aggressive, right? And then you have the Jezebel. The Jezebel is the oversexualized person, and her body is not worth anything because her body's an object. So you can do anything with it. She's ready to um, fall into that place in terms of sexuality that is that deprives her of any type of agency. And I find the there's just so much either asexual completely or hypersexualized, there's no place in between and the representations of black women. And in Quebec it's even worse because we are not seen. So in addition to that, like adding sexuality to the mix is just revolutionary. So because whenever it's added at the present moment, whenever anybody adds sexuality in the lives of black women on TV. In Quebec, they're either being raped, violated in their intimacy, um, disrespected. Like, I can list the things. It's just so horrible. And I really hope to get back to your question. I want to contribute in reimagining the possibilities for Black women for their representation in terms of sexuality.
0: I love that. I I think that's such important work to be done. What is the accomplishment you're most proud of? And what's an accomplishment or goal you're really looking forward to in the future?
1: That's a hard one, Ellen. (laughs) Um, Choosing between your babies. Yes, yes. So obviously, I I think that the the accomplishments that I am the most proud of of are my movies. I was able to... Um, direct, like write, direct, produce both movies um, on my own. I had some help for, for obviously at all levels from mentors, from supports, and whatnot. But, like, really, I'm really proud of both of my movies. The last one, even more than the first one, I find. Um, so, this I would say my accomplishments are and goals or work I'm looking forward to in the future. I wanna say my next movie, but I'm, I'm gonna change a little. I think um, really finding ways to implement the changes within an industry that is so um, closed off right now. Like at the moment, it's just so hard to even critique Quebec in general, critique the entertainment industry, the cinema, the t- television industry. It's really hard to critique because people it's like people are exhausted about talking about diversity and specifically anything related to black people. So I think what I am putting as a goal or work that I'm looking forward to in the future is really being able to tackle the barriers and the problems and challenges um, for black women within that industry,
0: yeah. Have you found that the pandemic has had a significant effect on your work or your research or your schooling?
1: Um, I think the pandemic affected everybody at t- to all types of levels. Um it was so for my second movie, I filmed it during the we were supposed to film around April 2020. So that didn't happen. We ended up filming in August 2020. And um Obviously, gave me more time to prepare, to write, to edit, to really get to the juice of what I wanted to showcase. But it also made me realize how fragile the industry in general is. Um, so I think that that's how it affected my filmmaker job. Um, in terms of my research, I believe realizing how awakened a bunch of non-BIPOC people were by the vicious assassination of George Floyd. And um, what happened last year with the global um, Black Lives Matter protests, it really made me realize of the, um, the tremendous work that needs to be done in terms of society Um, And that's why I I was, I felt like it was needed for me to go do my master's because I wanted to be confronted to scholars, to research, to information that would help me bring it forward in terms of um, Black women representation, you know? So I, I think in two ways, it was positive and negative at the same time, because what it means is that, I really wish Quebec society to be way (laughs) further than it is right now. So it got me to, you know, get back to school. Let's do this. We are going to bring some change through knowledge and education because if ever people needed the, the, the death of another Black person being filmed to understand the importance then it means that people do not have or lack empathy for black people and this for me was was like it, it's not possible like I, we need to i need to do something about this so
0: yeah that's such an empowered answer i love it so obviously you do a lot of incredible work that's really interesting do you have any recommendations for anyone who would like to get involved in this sort of similar work to you
1: Whew. Plenty. Like, (laughs) I think that people should start by talking to me. (laughs) So don't be scared to reach out to me. Um, My Instagram is at m2.0 point talks. Um, And I have a list of people that I follow on Instagram that really demystify anything related to sexuality precisely, but also produce content. Like I'm the first person I have in my head right now is Shan Boudram. And she she's just marvelous. Like for me, she addresses certain things that I don't see a lot of women of color addressing. So for me it just changes, it shifts the perspective of people in terms of anything related or the media might be feeding them of sexuality. So like in implying women of color don't have any or over sexualize or whatnot. Shan is just fire. And I really am so proud that she's from Canada and that she is evolving obviously in the United States today. But I'm really inspired by her. I would say in terms of filmmakers, there's this movie I saw very recently um, that I really, really loved. And um, it's from Jennifer Holness. Um, and it's she's also a Black woman um, <laughs> and evolving in Canada. And the name of the movie is Subjects of Desire. I think anybody who has the possibility, the time to go seek for that movie and really understand the complexities of evolving in the world as a Black woman, being perceived a certain way, being told certain things. And Jennifer Holness does a great job in terms of research, but also in terms of showcasing Black women in their regular lives. So definitely Subjects of Desire, Jennifer Holness. And my top um, person to follow or to go learn from is Shan Drum. So those two for now. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, I love Shan Drum. I think she has so much fantastic information to share. I think she shares it in a way that's um, really easy for people to understand. She, as you say, she's Canadian, mm-hmm. which is nice as well. Yeah, she's, she's great. I completely agree. So how does a background in sexuality, whether from your sexual health studies or certificate from Laval University or the current gender feminist studies you're doing now, how does that contribute to your work?
1: Ellen, this is such an important question. I think that people really don't size or understand what is it, what is is it? (laughs) Like I, I started being interested in sexology at first because at the end of my bachelor at UCAM, we had classes we could choose from like optional classes. And I was like, I wanna do intro to sexology. And when I did intro to sexology, A whole world opened up to me. (laughs) And I was born and raised in Haiti. We don't talk a lot about sexology or sex or anything related to sexuality, to be honest. Very often, it's very taboo. And people tend to associate sexuality with um, first, heteronormativity is very high in any society that I've been living in. So a man, a woman, And then most probably penetration. So penis and vagina, that's it. Okay, bye, right? And I think people don't understand. And I say that a lot. And people think it's because I'm so interested in that subject that I'm creating stuff. But everything you do has a relationship with sexuality. So from your womb as a baby, as an unborn baby until the day you die, there is some there's so many things happening in your body as an individual that is related to sexuality. And I think in my work, I have this uh, this type of, um, how can I say that reminder constantly that everything is related to sexuality. So the way I portray women, the way I talk about certain things, the way I decide if I'm gonna be putting um, pole dancing in one of the pieces of my documentary, why am I doing this, when am I doing it? So all of these little things in my work as a filmmaker and as an activist, because why are we putting forward certain people and not others? Why are we talking about certain things and not others? All of that for me, super duper important.
0: Okay, what has your experience with York and sexuality and gender studies been like? So, um,
1: I think that you know, coming in into um, the Anglophone side of the world, <laughs> um, because I've studied so far in French only. So for me, it was always very it, it actually made me realize how different we address things and we're comfortable talking about certain things. And I think that York, really offers that type of experience where you can be fully yourself and talking about certain subjects and addressing certain issues and not being, um, scared of, um, questioning the status quo. And I think that what we have that is value, very, very valuable at work is the diversity of teachers and scholars. So some professors are from the LGBTQ2 plus communities and others are from the Black communities and the LGBTQ2 plus communities. And I find that that intersectionality is super valuable and insightful. And my experience so far has been of really a different type of learning that makes me feel great about all of my identities. That's that's what I would say so far. Eh? I'm not saying that York is perfect, but In my experiences so far, I really, really appreciate that side of my knowledge and my process of learning. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so important, especially as you say, when sexuality sort of connects to pretty much everything else in your life as well. Mm. Do you have any favorite classes, topics, or people you've met, um, again, either through your Certificate in Sexual Health from Laval or through York that you've just really enjoyed? So, I would say at the University
1: of Laval, um there was this class about victims of sexual health. Uh, victims of sexual assault, sorry about that. Um oh my god. Ellen, this was such a vi- impactful class. We had people from the police department, um, specifically the section welcoming um, survivors. And I think there was this, it was just diving into the why, diving into what it is, um, really, what incites sexual assault. How do we define a victim or a survivor? How do we, ooh, I'm ta- I'm thinking about it and I get chills because it was such an important class I think every human being especially knowing how many people are assaulted in their lifetime and do not address the trauma related to it I really think this class was game changing for me like really a game changer and um, in terms of york I'm I've only been at York for one semester and I'm ending the semester next week. And the class really that was amazing to me was a class related to race and racism, critical approaches to race and racism, I think the name is. And um, the teacher is just so caring and attentive to students' needs, students' triggers. And I think What really makes me feel well in this class is being able to come in and say, you know, I know we're all going through a different thing today, but today specifically in Quebec, they just passed a law X, Y, Z related to trans people. That really gets me mad. And during the class, sorry, during the class, you'll see people being very attentive to, to that and very caring so i really really appreciate the fact that i have a space like that that is in academia because i never thought i would have gotten that ever
0: yeah those both sound like they would have been really really great classes Mm. what would you tell someone who is looking to become a sexuality student or just thinking about it
1: um i think that there's a reason behind wanting to study and sexuality in general. And if it's curiosity, if it's the, the want to have more knowledge on the matter, it's fine. I'm not saying that it's a yes or no thing. You shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. But think about how do you want to leverage this knowledge in your daily life or in your work? Because it's not surface work. It's not easy work. You As a sexuality studies student, or women, gender feminist, in my in my in my um, position, I think you are challenging the narratives, the narratives that are put out in the world. You are going to be confronted by people who are going to be very, very hard to talk to, very hard to change your mind or have some type of influence on them, and I think. It's important that you know your why, even if you figure it out during the, the the course of your studies, but it's important to know your why because it it will you will go back to it whenever you're confronted to stubborn people, violent people. Um, and it will also like light something in you whenever you're confronted to compassionate listeners, to people open to learn, to people willing to gives you space so that you can share that knowledge with them. And I think knowing your why, fundamental, especially in studies that are related to certain things that historically we do not have comfort talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so essential to know your why with something like this because it's going to anchor you when you're continuously questioning the status quo, when you're continuously talking to people who don't agree with you or have been trained to think a certain way it's really important. So is there anything else you'd like to share, emphasize about sexuality studies, about your work, about yourself before we conclude? Well, think first, I
1: really want to say how thankful I am to be here. Um, I think that what you're doing is exemplary and very important to have these type of conversation and showcase as many different people in journeys as possible. So I want to start by saying thank you. I also want to say that, you know, this work is not a a, a, one day we do it and the next day it's fixed. (laughs) Because I, I think that working in the field that we're working in is changing Um people, changing societies, and it takes time. It takes time. And I, I want to be able to emphasize on the fact that we deserve the grace we give to others, the understanding that we have of the complexities of sexuality, of gender, of feminist studies in general. We deserve to, to give that grace to ourselves also. And I applaud people who decide to go in that field And I have such respect for people who are on the ground, who, with their experiences, not necessarily in academia, can actually change the society we live in for the better. And as a reminder that never, and I do not ever take anything for granted, when I'm looking at the United States today, I have this type of ache in my soul um reversing anything related with the power of choice, women have worked so hard. And um, people who have uteruses actually have worked so hard to have that choice to be able to say, I do not want um a child right now. I I I'm not ready. Like abortion rights are human rights, right? So it's, we should never take it for granted. What we're doing is fundamental and generations after us will benefit from it. So keep on being aware. Keep on doing the work. We're in this together after all, right? So that's what I want to remind people.
0: I couldn't agree more. I love that. So where can people go to find you, find your films, find any of your work? So I would invite people to go on my Instagram, follow me at...
1: M2.0.talks, T-A-L-K-S. T-A-L-K-S. Um, if not, obviously type my name, <laughs> Mahina Matsur on internet. And you will definitely find me um either on Facebook, M2.0, or um, find my movies. And do not hesitate to write to me. People get scared <laughs> thinking that I'm not, like, I'm very approachable and very fun and kind and all of that. And I will tell you, if I don't have time now, I will have time in a week or two or something. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable receiving those type of messages. And I encourage people to connect. Connection is so important, especially after this pandemic that made us realize how privileged we are that we're able to still connect. So, yeah, reach out to me anytime.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here today, Marina. Um, we, we really appreciate all your help with this project. Um, I think that's all, all I need from you, but is there anything else you'd like to add? No, thank
1: you, Ellen. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Really appreciate the invite, really. All
0: right. Well, thank you. All right, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sexuality Studies Spotlight. This podcast was made possible through support from the York University Sexuality Studies Program, Innovation York's Knowledge Mobilization Unit, and the Media Creation Lab at Scott Library. We would also like to thank all of our hosts and guests for sharing their stories with us. This podcast was produced on the traditional territory of many indigenous nations, and we invite our audience to visit nativeland.ca to learn more about the land where they're listening. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you'll join us in the next episode.